0: Look, I got a testimony, I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie, he took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies, separate is and God's kids. I got to spread his verse, so I'm going to show you what the God is. The is. my weapon, I move like a general. Hello everybody, and welcome to Walk With Me, and this is your host JJ. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you joining us and, and taking this walk through Christianity, and I hope this edifies you and builds you and, and grows you into a stronger Christian. It's growing me into a stronger Christian uh, just by going over these subjects. Um, last time we were here, oh, and before I do that, I know i got to mention the sponsors. Uh, the sponsors is going to be Exquisite Creation and, and True Bar's Lyrics. Uh, now, the other thing, um, oh, and before I do that, I have to remind myself that uh, we will be coming up with a support link uh, just to try to help keep the channel going. It's it's, un- it's just incredible the amount of logistics and work that goes into these things. And I'm not doing it for money, it's just so that we support the channel. Um, but now, all that business aside, let's get into this. And we'll, let's walk with me on this. Now, we were talking about dispensations, and, and we were talking about how dispensations always ended in judgment, and I believe we ran out of time on the last episode before we can get, go any further. Now, this is, we're just going to go back to the first dispensation, the dispensation of innocence, and that was, just a small recap, Adam in the Garden Adam did something wrong, because Eve did something wrong, and then God pronounced judgment, and then there was an action. There was a change in God's relationship with mankind. You'll see this pattern all the way through. There's a period, but there's an agreement. There's a period. Man breaks the agreement. God judges. There's an action. And then there's a change in relationship. So right now we're just at the be- the the end of the first dispensation, and how God handled it. Because that judgment, that judgment of innocence, of the dispensation of innocence, the end of innocence, was Adam and Eve being expelled from the garden. Now I know when we think about today's society, we think that that's not a big deal. You got kicked out of a a garden. Well, you get kicked out of an apartment. You get kicked out of wherever you happen to be living. But there was so much that changed between God and man at this point. First thing that happened was God gave man three curses. And I would refer you to Genesis chapter 3. God issued out. Three curses. One curse is one was not just to man. But God gave three curses. The first curse was received by the serpent. And he says, and God said, Thou art cursed above uh, every beast of the field, and thou shalt go on their belly all of their days, and you should eat dust the rest of your life. That was the first curse. That curse was given to the serpent. Eve got the second curse, and Eve's curse was a curse that we still deal with today. I will multiply your sorrow and your conception. In sorrow you shall bring forth children. Thy desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, see, I can stop right here, and we could talk ad nauseum for 48 hours about it about what that means, and we're gonna to touch a little bit into it a little bit into what that actually means um but we're gonna i'm gonna come back to that after I read the third curse because the third curse was the earth, and this is going to be very important later. the ground was cursed because of Adam, and when the ground got cursed it cursed Adam. Uh, now just follow me on this. In sorrow shall you eat of the ground all the days of your life. And I'm paraphrasing here. But we're still in Genesis chapter 3. Short thorns, also, and thistles shall it bring forth to you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field and the sweat of your face shall you eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are and thus you shall return thither. Now, just think about what just happened. God took cursed the, dirt, the dust of the ground. Adam was made of dust. So Adam got a curse too. Now, we can, I, I've heard it argued, and this is what I wanted to go back to when it comes to Eve. I've heard it argued so much that it was Eve's fault. And this is why man is supposed to rule over women. Not necessarily. Because, again, Adam wasn't deceived. Adam was just weak. And so what God was telling Adam was that because your weakness now, back then, now you got to step up and take control. This was actually a curse. You don't think so? Try to tell a woman she can't do something. Just, I'm just saying, just, 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 just do it. Just try to tell a woman she can't do something, and and you will, you will face the wrath of heaven. So, um, now that was the three curses. We 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 got exposed. We have the three curses. Now let's look at what's going to happen in the change of relationship between God and man. Now, God told man that he can't live with sin, that God can't live with sin. So God put man outside the garden because that was symbolic of the relationship of God being with man. That was God's intimate place with man. God would walk with man in that place. Sin could not enter into that place. And since man had sinned, he couldn't enter. I mean, we we should do that now. When we go into our prayer area in our intimate time with God, we got to shed that sin. That's why the first thing you have to do now is repent. And I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is important. Now, when when man knew that he was naked, he sought to cover himself. And and he tried to sew some fig leaves together. And I, I, I laugh when I see that artist's rendition of Adam walking around with with three pieces of leaves over his private parts, when the Bible refers to it as an apron of figs. Adam put some work into this. It was an apron. Now, I've never seen an apron just cover just these little private parts. But I've seen aprons, you hang over your neck, it comes down, it covers your chest, and it comes down maybe about the knees. And I've also seen aprons that just kind of wrap around your waist. It's my opinion, and this is out of the book of J.J. here, uh, and this is where we got that idea from because the Bible says it's an apron. So God still considered that to be naked, that apron. Even though Adam put so much work into that, because if you ever tried to sew leaves together, it's a a failing proposition. You're not just going to just throw two pieces of thread and a leaf together and that's going to stay. You have to take a lot of leaves and do a lot of work and cover or put all that stuff together and try to cover yourself and God still considered that a failure. So what God did was made him a covering out of animal skins. So just to cover your nakedness, To cover your rebellion, to recover your sin, blood had to be shed because the skin of animals had to come off the animals. Blood was shed. Now, think about that for just a moment. Blood was shed for your sin so that you can be covered. This This becomes a general theme of God. Of the Bible, you sin; blood had to be shed, sins had to be covered, and God is the one that made the coat of skins and showed Adam that this is what had to happen. So, to cover your nakedness, to cover your sin, to cover um, your wrongdoing, is often is not going to be as easy as you think. It's going to take. It's going to be consequences to your sin. It's going to be consequences to your actions. There are going to be... Every sin that you have, even if it gets forgiven or not, there will be consequences. And we'll talk more about that. Um, Now, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about this a moment ago, and it's really hard not to get ahead of yourself here, that before man was driven from the garden. God made the coat of skins. So even still in the middle of a judgment, God is still giving you the, the seeds of salvation to get through your punishment. The blood, the covering, but now the consequence. These other consequences are still coming. The, God was not going to curse the ground inside the garden. That's why He put him why he put Adam outside the garden to experience that. Now then Adam was driven from the garden. We, we've got this. And there were blessings and delights and and instead of the blessings and delights that were visible, a cherubim was placed at the at the garden, at the gate of the garden. And it had a flaming sword to keep him from coming in and, and getting to the tree of life. So this idea that we hear about a cherubim is a little cute little angel that comes around about the second week of February. This is not what God had in mind. and This is not what the Bible had in mind. This was a, a angel that meant business. Now, we am not going to get into, oh, this angel has six wings, another angel had four wings. It doesn't matter. It had a sword. And that sword kept man out of the garden. It was that sword, it was that angel that enforced God's judgment. Now, the tree is not mentioned again in the Bible until the end of everything. That tree is never m- mentioned again. Now, when, when you take that into consideration, that the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Garden of Eden, None of that will ever be mentioned again or accessible again until New Jerusalem. When you take that into consideration, it, makes, it, it kind of reveals a little bit of what's going on these days, why so many people are confused about what the Bible says. It, it, it reveals why knowledge in its pure unadulterated form, can be a bit dangerous if taken out of context. I, I met a I met a couple of people back when I was in Kansas, and that was their favorite, that was their favorite word knowledge knowledge knowledge. Brother, you gotta have the knowledge, brother. The knowledge, knowledge, the brother. And and if you you've ever met any one of these people, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, brother, the knowledge and the knowledge. You gotta have the knowledge. But when you start questioning their, quote-unquote, knowledge, you start finding them they, that they have more holes than wheat bread. And, and you have to kind of distance yourself from them because the knowledge that they're giving you is not really knowledge at all. It's, it's not. And it's certainly not healthy, and it's certainly not helpful. Now, back to the story here. I imagine that when Satan got Satan heard that Adam and Eve got kicked out, remember, Satan's not omnipresent, he's not omniscient, he's not omnipotent. So he had to have heard that Adam and Eve was kicked out of the garden. He might have been there watching. So I imagine that when God promote, pronounced judgment on Adam and Eve, he had to be a little bit happy. Now, why you say that? Okay, I'm going to tell you something. When you experience envy, you experience jealousy. We all know that these spirit these sort of emotions are not godly emotions. Matter of fact, one of the things that Satan is most often described or attributed to is pride. Jealousy and envy. So the mere fact that he got God's perfect creation thrown out of the garden, it was a little bit of a victory for him. He, he envied Adam's happiness, Adam and Eve's happiness. He envied that envy, uh, that innocent. Because that was something that Satan could never have again after he got thrown out of heaven. See a pattern here? He got thrown out of heaven, man got thrown out of the garden. Sin will separate you from God, and it doesn't matter how many people tell you that you can do a little bit of it every day and still get away with it. Sin will separate you from God. Now, I bet Eve never dreamed when she met Satan when she met that serpent, she bet, she I bet she never dreamed that her eating that apple would, would create a cascade of events that would end up having her thrown out of the garden. I bet when Adam took that first bite, when he looked at Eve, and he just did it because she gave it to him, I bet he never could have imagined that consuming that knowledge would get him thrown out of the garden but lo and behold, it did. See, Satan is good at making sin look so desirable and so beneficiary to you or beneficial to you. Satan is good at making it look great and appealing and and cool and great and, oh my God, if you do this little thing and you you could get rich or you do this little thing and, You'll be popular. You do this little thing and you'll be cool and everybody will like you. And what he's not going to tell you, that one of those cool things could have you with an STD. Another one of those cool things could have you killed by a rival. Or another one of those cool things could have you ending up in jail for the rest of your life. There's always a backside of this thing. He actually made Eve think that she was gaining liberty by disobeying the word of God. That she was actually going to be more free if she just did that thing once. And you never do a sin once. You do it a couple of times, and then you tell somebody else to do it. That's how it works. And now, Not only did she not gain any more liberty, not only did Adam not gain any more liberty, but he actually lost liberty. What do you mean, J.J.? Listen. They went from doing whatever he did all day, absolutely nothing, walking around, looking at the butterfly, naming this thing, naming that thing, and, oh, look, there's a creek. I shall name that a creek, and I'll name that a river, and I'll name that a... Swamp, so he literally had nothing to do but to worship God and and walk around in perfection and and worry free living all day, which is actual liberty. And all you get to do is every day about six thirty or so, when it, when the day cooled off, God will come down and walk with you for a bit. That's liberty. But now. Because Satan convinced him that eating this tree was just a little bit more liberty. Now he's lost a lot of liberty. Now he's gotta go out, he's gotta t- till the ground, and he's gotta hunt, and he's gotta eat, and he's got to and he can't and, and he's eating the the curse was by the sweat of your brow you should eat bread. So you coming in here and you dead tired and you're eating and you're going to sleep, and you're waking up the next day, and every four hours, you got to do this thing all over again. you got to get something else to eat until those crops are ready. And the ground is cursed. So you're not getting um, fields and fields of, of fruit and vegetables. You're getting maybe one or two on a stalk, and that's it. The ground is cursed because of you. So you didn't get... More liberty. You got less liberty. Now your life is a struggle. Now your life is hard, harder. And at the end of all of this now, now you get to die. Because you fell into a bondage of sin. That death began to work in you when you decided to get more liberty. From that day on, from that day, when they traded the Garden of Eden for knowledge and liberty and a world of sin, now you get sick. Now you can break bones. Now there's animals that might want to eat you. The soul became the battlefield, and that's the most, the really the most tragic part of all of it the soul of man became the battlefield for Satan. We still fight today in reference to that. We still fight on that same battlefield. We still fight against sin. We still fight, and it takes up so much of our time, and it eliminates a lot of liberty. And keep in mind, I'm talking about people who, are, who don't know God, who don't know Jesus who don't know the power of redemption. And I'm just talking about just people, or people who may know of of a little bit of God, but don't have the fullness of salvation. They are at war every single day, and some of them don't even know it. Some of them have given up. You're watching all these suicides happen all the time now. They've given up. Now, one of the things I want to touch on before we wrap this up today, when we're talking about a cunning adversary, and, and let's be realistic, the devil—he may be strong, he may be cunning, but he ain't—he's not invincible. But he is cunning, and have, after, after having studied man for so long, he can adapt to our circumstances. He can speak to us in any situation, he can actually talk to us in a way that we want to hear and still not be able to tell the truth. He's cruel with no pity. He doesn't care about your kids. He doesn't care about how it turns out. You don't even understand how evil, how much evil will have to be encapsulated into one being to be able to, to put in the minds of children the idea that there is no such thing as God. And and I was at that point at one point in my life, that there's no such thing as God, that there's, you know, atheism is the term. And what you'll find is people who, who have no idea about Uh, you know, things about atheism, or they they feel that there is no God. These are also the most miserable people. And these are also the most people, (laughs) the most people who are most likely to harm themselves. This is not coincidence. Now, if what happened if Eve had just never talked to to Satan, do you think she would have given up? He probably wouldn't. He probably just waited and caught somebody else. But things would have been a lot different. But you can't be ignorant of of Satan's devices. I feel like I'm getting a little bit off track here. But you, you can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. You can't be, you can't catch yourself, allow yourself to be caught out in sin. Because... There will be consequences, and as Adam and Eve found out, and as the world found out, that meant that there was an age of, of a, a dispensation that came to an abrupt and tragic end. Now I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here because you have a lot to think about. I again I go ahead and read Genesis chapter three. Um, it's going to talk. You know, we're going to back up the things that I'm talking about here. Um, again, just like other any other time, if anybody gives you a scripture, read the entire chapter or at least read a couple of verses up, a couple of verses down. You want to make sure it's in context. Um, next time, I already have our next uh, couple episodes planned out. But stay tuned. We're going to talk about going into our second dispensation. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel, people. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, This has been Walk With Me. This is JJ. And thanks for walking with us. God bless you all. Yeah. True. True. I do it for jesus jesus everything i'm gonna do give me your reason, me your reason. i got this front of a words of a genius everybody needs to know who the leader, who the leader. see i do it for jesus jesus everything i'm gonna do give me your reason. Give me reason